This podcast may contain adult humor, foul language, and graphic nudity. Please be advised. In other words, you're probably going to have a good time. Welcome to the nest. I look real good today. 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 Jumping up that mother Bentley. All right, welcome back to another episode of From the Nest. With me, as always, is TJ White. TJ, how you doing? I'm good, Colin. How are you, sir? Pretty good. I can't complain. Had a pretty good day, a pretty good week. How about yourself? Excellent. It was a good week. Nice, nice. Well, TJ, before we get started, what are our sponsors for today? Well, Colin, as usual, we have uh, Holton Meats as one of our sponsors. Um, Every week we talk about him. We've had him on several times, and hopefully you saw the video of us eating the rotten fish. But um, Greg Holton's a buddy, and he supports everything in Columbia, uh, sports and, and uh, charities, and he does a great job, and he helps everybody out. Go to uh, Deerberg, Schnooks, Walmart, Gordon Food, Aldi's. Pick up some of his uh, Chop House Steak Burgers, his Bradshaw Ranch Burgers, his Party Pack Beef Patties, and his Extra Value Patties. Um, they make a great product. Anytime you're barbecuing or uh, cooking dinner for the family, go out and uh, pick up some of Holton Meats products. Definitely. I actually got some in my fridge right now. I'm just waiting for the opportunity to, to get those grilled up. Well, that's as good a time as any, Colin. Well, TJ, as always, like you mentioned, we also have our new Mind and Body Wellness. This is a total holistic health center. Their goal is to teach and empower their clients to be more of the best versions of themselves. They do everything from mental health counseling to massage therapy, functional diagnostic nutrition, float therapy, fitness classes, infrared saunas, the foot detox, the hydrotherapy laundry, they do it all. And I, I know I say this every week, TJ, but these girls are absolutely incredible. Everyone that works there is awesome. They are good what they do to it. Me, along with a lot of people, you know, struggle with some mental health and you know, they get you right and they do it in the right way. And, they're just some great people. And don't forget, guys, if you guys want to go there, mention that you're from the nest to get that 10% off. Yeah, I hear nothing but great things. I haven't been there myself, but I need to swing by and say hello to the girls and uh, try something out. Yeah, we got a little something different for our drink of the week this week, TJ. What what you got for us? Well, in honor of our guest, um, we have... Uh, 82 drinks tonight. Um, trying to, We were trying to figure out we're not actually going to drink 82 drinks, but instead we're going to have uh, eight beers and two glasses of wine. I think that's uh, that's our goal for this evening. So We may get to 82 beers, but I don't know. I mean, we'll be, we'll be pretty close here. We might. We're well on our way. Yeah. So last week we talked to uh, Chief Mike Rediger, and I tell you, that was so much fun, and we had such good responses from that from the community. Just it seemed like everyone really loved that episode kind of get the behind the scenes of what the fire department does. Yeah, Mike did a great job of explaining stuff. There's a, a lot that goes behind uh, behind the scenes and the, the whistles and the, the red lights and uh, stuff that I don't even know about. Uh, Mike does a great job of leading us and uh, being our uh, our boss, and uh, he did a good job of explaining stuff. Yeah, putting up with our shenanigans. Yes, that too. I think that's about 90% of his job and about 100% of his headaches that he has dealing with me and you, TJ. Probably a big part of it. So this week, TJ, we have not only one of my favorite people of all time, but we also have a peanut gallery here with us that is also some of my favorite people. This week we have 
Megan Reddick. Megan, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you guys? Pretty good. good. Pretty good. <laughs> we also have Jenny Steckler and Josh Bear with us today. Guys, how are you doing? Great. Doing well, Colin. Thank you. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> we got to get loosened up here, guys. That's Come right. on. We are. Come it's on. good. It's good. Well, what, TJ, why are we here this week? Well, uh, we, Megan's a good friend of ours, and uh, I thought it'd be, uh, you know, we kind of talk about the people that do good things for Columbia and things like that, and uh, Megan's is, a story is uh, not necessarily a great one, but the, the way she uh, uh, came through it and uh, has flourished, uh, I just, we just kind of thought it'd be a, a, good, uh, a good person to talk to and uh, kind of hear her story. Yeah, definitely. So Megan, let's go back to the very, very beginning. You and Jared, tell me about your love story. How did it all start? Oh, tell us about your kindergarten years. How were you, <laughs> how were you as a nice little perky first grader? Um, well, we met in college. I grew up in Chicago. Um, so it was kind of just on a whim. I was actually dating somebody else and I met Jared and it, he was friends with, hang on a second. Hold on. <laughs> He was friends with one of the guys, uh, with one of the, um, a girl that I lived with, it was her boyfriend. He grew up with him and whatever. So he was around the house a lot, no big deal. Um, and then we just started talking, which was kind of funny because he didn't really talk. Um, but we met, you know, I was graduating about, uh, I was graduating like a couple months later. Um, and I was like, all right, you're from Bethalto, I'm from Chicago, what, I don't know what's going on here. So... Um, I apologize about the dog prancing around. That's okay. Um, so we uh, so we met whenever we decided when I graduated, hey, we'll give it a shot. It is what it is. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, and that was the farthest thing from the truth. So we did a long, so I graduated, he graduated a little bit after, um, he went to community college for a couple of years before he came to Eastern. And then I went back to Eastern to get my teaching certificate. Um, and we were together for a little bit longer. And then we did like a long distance relationship thing for about five years before we got engaged. Um, so we did that. We made it through that. And then he got hired at the police department in February of 2010. Um, and he was super excited. He was so excited about that. Um, and then he proposed in April and so we did the whole thing, you know, the whole wedding planning and everything. And at that time it was hard to get a teaching job. It was really hard to get a teaching job, which these days, you know, it's not that way anymore. Um, so I had finished out that school year teaching, uh, or I was, I filled in maternity leave, finished that out. I was looking for jobs in both places. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I have to, I have to live within in Columbia with city limits, whatnot. So we did the whole thing. He found a place. I came down here. He's like, well, if you move down here, then, um, they, they, this is what it is. And I was like, okay. So we were driving down main street. I mean, coming from the suburb of Chicago's, uh, Chicago, there's a lot of stuff. And we came down here and we were driving down main street. And I was like, so this is it? Like what's, <laughs> what else is here? And, um, He's like, just give me, just give me a minute, you know, with his super low voice. And, uh, he's like, in about 10 minutes, I'll, I'll show you that you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So he took, 
He took me across the river to Target and Costco, and he's like, see, you'll be okay. And I was like, okay, I could do this. I could do this. So I got a teaching job up at home. He was at the police department down here, so we did that that wedding planning here apart. But then uh, after we got married, I moved here and told him that we'd be here for a couple years and that I would want to go back to Chicago. Um, and then... Two years turned into three years to four years, and we had Reagan, and and then everything. It was like there's there's no going back. So I'm gonna interrupt her. <laughs> She's not giving herself enough credit here. Um, she started the preschool program over at Eagle View. Oh, yeah, I you did. did. And she took over Michelle Erke, who was a wonderful creative kid teacher that both of my boys had had. And when my daughter Adeline was um, ready to go to the oldest class at Creative Kids, she's like, okay, Jenny, I'm going over to Eagle View. Um, they hired a new teacher, Megan Reddick, and we're going to start a preschool program. And I was like, well, Erky, wherever you go, my kids go. Because she has taken care of the boys for mm -hmm. as many years as they were at Creative Kids. And therefore enters Reddick into my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been it? inseparable and ever since. Been, yes, really? and she's been my favorite person ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry about that, Craig. Yeah, sorry, Craig, you're not in the room. Here. <laughs> We're good. Here you know that. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of it. That's how it all started. Um, yeah, good times. Good times. So Jared's a police officer, you're a teacher, yeah. everything's going great. Yeah. Um, how long were you here before Jared first got diagnosed and, and how um we had just, when we got diagnosed, we had just celebrated our eighth wedding anniversary. So it was the 13th year that we were together. Oh, okay. um, but it kind of, like, are you wanting to know, like, how his diagnosis whatever, started whatever, or, whatever. or whatever? Okay, so, um, <clears throat> God, he was stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. So, gosh, Josh, so stubborn. Um, and in February of 19, he was, um, like running a defensive tactics training for, uh, for the police department. So it was like a few days in a row in February that he was running this. I was like pregnant with Leah. Um, and he came home after all the training. He came every day. He came home. He's like, Oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. Like he was like manhandled basically for all these days. He had to be the bad guy. Right. That's what he, so, um, so he came home, and then a couple days later, he was like, my foot is hurting. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you tweaked it, um, you know, while you were doing your training or something. So it kind of went on and for a little bit longer, and, um, you know, over a couple weeks, like, his foot would swell, but then it would go down, and then he, you know, once he iced it or, or elevated it, everything was okay. Um, but it, it still bothered him. Like, it bothered him for a while. Um, and then... Oh, God, I don't know if it was end of May or beginning of June. You went on vacation. Uh, yeah, but he was at his um, field training officer training, uh, wherever that was. Wherever it was. Oh, the uh, FTO school. Yes, the uh, FTO school. Up by yeah. Chicago. Up yes, north. yes. So he was there, and he called me one night, and he's like, Megan, I think 
I think I have a hernia. And I was like, Jesus, what did you do with that training however many months ago? Like, what the heck? So I was like, okay, I'll get an appointment. We got it figured out. Um, and when he went to that appointment to get an ultrasound on what we thought was a hernia, the doctor said um, that it, they wanted to do something more. They wanted to do a biopsy because it wasn't moving. It, it didn't move. It like didn't go back in when they pushed on it. So he's like, I don't know what that means, whatever. So we go on vacation. I couldn't get him in for an ultrasound with the one doctor that he went to um, for a while. And I wasn't, it, something just wasn't sitting right. Um, so then we went on vacation and his foot was really bothering him. So in Gulf Shores, Alabama, he goes to the urgent care and they find a break in his foot, <clears throat> which we're like, oh shoot, that's from your training. Um, and then a few weeks after that, um, he said that he thought he had a kidney stone and he's like, you need to call the doctor. He was throwing up and whatever. I had begged him since February to go get his foot looked at. Go, go, go. He's like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then when he was, he was throwing up from the pain, you know, thinking he has a kidney stone, which he's had him before. So it, again, didn't even phase me. Um, so I got an appointment and we went and they did the ultrasound for the kidney stone and the doctor left and they said, we'll send, um, the nurse practitioner back in and we'll let you know what we found. And then she'll give you your script for your meds. He's like, okay, that's fine. So Leah's three months old. I, we we brought Leo with to the appointment because we're like it's a kidney stone. All right, that's fine. Um, Reagan was with his parents, and uh, then the doctor came back in, um, and it wasn't the regular urologist that he had seen before. So he came back in, and Jared kind of looks at me, and he's like, "What?" And they said, "Well, what we found is out of our league. You need to go to." A special doctor and that's exactly what he said and Jared looks at me he's like what do you like what do you mean and he said I'm sending you over to Mobat to get some blood work done um, we're sending you to an oncologist and the both of us I mean I almost dropped the freaking car seat because I was like what just happened so we immediately head straight to Mobat um, we have Leah, we had to stop at Walgreens to get a can of formula for Leah because we were not planning. I'd only planned like two bottles and we spent the rest of the day at Mobat with biopsies and blood work and everything. Um, and it took a good week or so for it to come back, um, that it was, I hate the word, it was cancer. Um, but, uh. Of course, it was this rare, super rare for adults to get because it's a pediatric cancer. Um, and that they wanted to start like heavy treatment right away. So we went, a few days later, we went to Reagan's um, dance recital. And then the next day we checked in at Barnes for his first, it was June 26th of 19, I'll never forget it. Um, we checked in at Barnes for his first chemo treatment. And... It's kind of how it all started. And so with this being just such a rare form of cancer and it being a pediatric, yeah. you know, did they say how it came about? Or, I mean, is it just kind of a freak of nature type of thing? Just I, super, super I, rare odds? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, 
it, we had asked the doctor, like, what do we have to worry about? Is it hereditary? That was our first thing, you know, with the girls and whatnot. But, um, he said that at some point in Jared's life, maybe his childhood, he may have been playing in a creek or been around somewhere that he ingested something or something got into his body and it just took this long to flare up. Really? Yeah, it was, it, it was crazy. We and in the terms, I, we were like, fine, well, you and, got it. Yeah, and when you look at the, um, like when you look at the, the stats on it, so his was called alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma, just a soft tissue sarcoma. When you looked at it, you know, it all comes up as pediatric stuff and the odds are really good if yeah. you, if you get it, if you get treatment like soon enough and whatever, granted we now, we had passed too much time cause he wouldn't go get his foot looked at and it had already traveled all the way up to his groin. So it did, the foot was, it, the foot was it and okay. the, the tumor in his, the tumor in his foot is what broke the bone oh, in his wow. foot. And then it all just kind of, it kind of spiraled out of there. So he started his treatment at the end of June in 19 with it. Yeah. And we had a six year old and a three month old. So going from that point forward, I mean, how, I mean, obviously you have a huge support system through your family and friends, but how were they involved from that point going on? Um, my, my family, <laughs> Like I said, my family's still in Chicago, um, but they were incredible of being able like to make trips down to help out and whatnot. Um, they did everything they could, but my base. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good job, Jenny. Um, but my base of of um, support was here. Um, first, it would you know. First, it was through. Like, our close friends, because we didn't want to tell anybody at first, because if you told anybody, then it was real. Um, and then it came in the form of the police department stepping up, like, so huge with making sure that his time off was taken care of and treatments were taken care of and that he was able to work when he felt well enough. But if he didn't, then he was able to go home and just kind of rest and then go back, like... They donated their time. They, that was like the first line of defense was them. Um, just stepping up and covering so many bases that like I never would have thought about. And that's what Jared was so worried about. What am I gonna do? Like if I have to take off this time, I don't have enough, like I don't have that amount of time. And that was huge. Um, and then as the months went on, you know, that's when like, it's like, that's when the fire department kind of stepped into, in which I had known, I mean, I knew a few of you guys at that point, but um, it was, you know, with like the planning, when we were told that they wanted to do mouse races. No, the first thing was the bride stop. Yeah. Yep. That you guys we were there. Did. Yep. Oh my gosh. So Michael Barnett did the whole t-shirt thing with the, you know, in this family, you know, it's left behind. Yep. That was like the first big thing. And then it was the bride stop. And that was at the fire department. And Jared's like, I can't believe that they're doing this like at the fire department. What are you gonna like? Okay, I have to check. Okay. My favorite part of the brat stop, I went up there and Jared was <laughs> pushing Leah in the stroller. And she was like, <laughs> three months.
months old. Yeah. And I was like, hi, my J. Reddick. I'm going to wake your baby up. And he's like, if you do, you have her. Yeah. Because <laughs> we knew, even at three months, that Leah Reddick was Leah Reddick. She's tornado. Uh-huh. But we love her so yeah. much. But yeah, I, that is my favorite yeah. memory of Jared. He goes, if you wake her, you get yeah, her. Yeah, it's like you break her, you buy her. So he's yeah. like, thank you for coming, but yeah. don't touch her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was still feeling really good that night. He, he was like, he was so like, you take her, Jenny, but yeah. then you get her. Yeah. But it was, yeah. So then, like, that was the first, like, event, I guess, with right. the fire department. I agree with that. And we were super grateful and super humbled by it because, I mean, like I said, you guys knew Jared, like, from working with him on some calls and stuff, but really, I'd only known a couple of you guys. And it, God, that event, like, it was so awesome, and and we would have been fine with that. We would have been so okay with that, and then you guys just kept going. All of you just kept going, and then with people at school and everything, and then it, we were told that like the mouse races were going to happen, and and that was cr oh, God, that was crazy. Um, I don't think I've ever seen more help in an event because you. You didn't just have the firemen. You didn't just have the no. teachers. You didn't just have the police officers. You had family. You had, was, I mean, it was there was, was more insane. help than than yeah. five events would have. Needed. I, it was crazy. I have never seen anything like that, and it was insane. And to see, like, if it would have been for anybody else, I would have been like, yeah, 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 let's give, give, give. But then, like, having it for us is a totally. I'm like, I don't. We don't want. Like, we can't accept any of that. We can't do that. That's not. We got this. Like, all is good. Um, and and the mouse races, like, that was kind of, I think that was kind of like the culmination of everything. Like, holy cow, we have an army of, like, so, so many amazing people. No matter what it was. I mean, if I had a really hard time asking for help, I still really have a hard time asking for help. Um... But that was incredible. Like your people from Chicago came. Everybody came, and it was it amazing. Was, right. It it was it amazing. Was Chicago, and the, and the, and police, those, yeah. firemen, teachers, and the, Columbia. Yeah, everybody was there. But then, like, the worst part about it though was like a couple days before that. I don't know. Was it the day before or like a couple days before that? He was that was when Jared. I realized. Like, I looked at him, and his neck was like, oh my gosh. It's like the size of a basketball. I mean, I looked at him, and I'm sorry. I, I looked at him, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with your neck? And he's like, I don't know, but it's bugging me. I'm like, you think? <laughs> um, so we, I took him. Back, I, God, we've been there so many times. The cancer care clinic. I'll never forget it, Barnes. It's like the cancer ER. Um, and they admitted him and everything, and he was like, I'm getting out for mouse races. I'm going to be there. I'm getting out for mouse races. And unfortunately, he wasn't, but um, he was, you know, still in the hospital. But I even said, I'm like, I'm not, I can't go. I'm not going to leave you here and go there. And he's like, no, somebody has to be there for us. He's like, and you are us, so you go. And you have a great time, and I'll see you in the morning. And I was like, okay, but remember we FaceTimed him? Yeah. Yeah, yep. we, totally we put, put it on the big screen. Yeah. It was on the big screen, but yeah. the funniest part about it was when I first tried to FaceTime him, he didn't answer, and I'm like, I think 
he's probably going to the bathroom. <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> he called back a couple minutes later, and the first thing he says on the phone, he's like, I'm sorry, I was going to the bathroom. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew that's what it was. Um, but when I showed him that room full of people, there were only a few times that Jared Reddick has cried. Yep. When we got married, when our babies were born, when he was diagnosed. And Mouse Races was one of the ones where he could not hold it back. I'm pretty sure he thanked us all for coming. He did. Because yeah. that's how Jay Reddick was. Oh, he, he was like, did. thank you all for being there. Yeah. And we were all like, I like, I, God, I remember like walking around the room, like, and look who's here. And he's yeah. like, hi. Like, and he was, he felt like garbage. But that, I will never forget the look on his face at that point in time. There's a lot of things I don't remember. <laughs> that look on his face that day. And then going there the next morning and walking in and, um, no, it was after we had our the luncheon at the fire department, yeah. and walking in and just telling him the result of everything, he sobbed. He sobbed like a lot. Well, he was loved. I think he. I think that was a point though too that he realized that like if if shit was gonna go down, that the girls and I were gonna be okay, and I think that was a huge part for him. One, the gratitude for everybody, but two. Also knowing that there are a lot of people that were not going to let us, not going to let us fall down with everything. So Josh, just to kind of rewind a little bit. Oh God. You know, your part in all of this. I mean, what, what do you remember when all, when everything started to, when, when you kind of found out and, and, you know, what, what did you realize what was going on or, or how bad it was? Yeah, well, it was one of those situations where I just, you know, you really didn't want to ask and, and pressure too much. You know, that's kind of a, a personal thing. And hey, he made sure he told you and Zach first. Yeah. It was like you, Zach, Barnett, and Drew at that point. Yeah. Grump, but like you and Zach were the first two. That was like, I got to call Zach, I got to call Josh. And those were the only two people from work that he would let know at first. Yeah, he. I think he called and wanted me to stop by the house that day yep. or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I came yep. by and then. I remember those. So, it, yeah, it was just one of those things you don't want to, you know, the, the more people question you about it, you know, that is, in my opinion, like a, that's a traumatic event in someone's life at that moment. And then you just go back and you revisit that trauma by asking them more questions related to it. So. You know, as as Jared was prepared to talk about it, that's kind of you know whenever we we uh, you know we spoke with him like on on that. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's not the most Jared and Bear thing, is hey, I'm gonna not talk so much and let you talk. Like you have two people that not the most talkative in the world. Just wait for the other one to talk. Like could be here for a long time. I mean, ah. seriously, that's exactly. Yeah, but it, he was like adamant that um, that it was Josh and and Zach that knew first. And then as things kind of progressed and, and whatnot, that we kind of shared it a little bit more because like I said, once everybody knew it was real yeah. and um, Jared hated being the center of attention. I didn't, like, we didn't want, we don't want pity. Like that's, I think that was the she big thing. Saying. Like we've got this, we can do this. Yeah. And everything's gonna be fine. And, um, we love that there are people that want to help, but like, you know what, right now, we've got this under control. 
And sweet Jesus, thank God that we finally let people in, like you went the basketball game too, that you your dad refused like, a lot of help. I refused a lot. <laughs> I did. Um, but you know, like the school district did the basketball game and it, it was just finally letting, just kind of put the Let's talk down. about that for a minute. John Weirenberg. Oh yeah. <laughs> Andrew Thompson. Oh God, that was the assembly when Jerry Stop came. it. Oh boy, that With was... the song. Oh. Stop it. I'm so okay, I'm on. sorry to interrupt because I promised I wouldn't talk, but here I am. <laughs> Mm, that's not like you, what I do. No. She's the quiet one. <laughs> that eighth grade year, when we had the basketball oh, event. That's when the was in eighth grade. <laughs> and Andrew Thompson had the entire entire student body. school singing that song, and I was in charge of Leah. What? Right? Now, my baby Leah was just a baby, so she was so innocent then. Not so much now. Um, one of the hardest moments that I've ever had in my life. And Jared and Megan walked in with Reagan. And that middle school... We were not expecting that. It... We were not expecting that at all. Either. As a teacher in Columbia... It was incredible. That was one of the... Most memorable, favorite mm -hmm. uh, things that I will remember for my lifetime. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, the Reddicks came in, and I'm holding baby Leah, and I have pictures of Charlie holding baby yeah. Leah. <laughs> All the eighth graders. Chubby babies. Yeah. And um, Andrew Thompson awesome. had that entire stadium, that, that yeah. whole gymnasium singing. Uh, Megan and Jared's song. Yeah, so it's that Andy Grammer, I will fight for you. And kind of like for fuck's sake, yeah. excuse my language. Yeah. It was like that is one reason. of my most favorite memories, but also one of my most heart-wrenching <clears throat> memories. He was so happy that day, though. So He okay. walked in and he was just so like... He was okay. Wow. He was okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was so happy. He was so happy that day. So one of my favorite memories of my Reddicks yeah. is that they walked into that gym and they knew that it wasn't just the adults happy. It was like the whole... It was crazy. It was fantastic. It was awesome. We'll and John Weirdberg yeah. did that. They, we'll, try to, we'll try to put the link to that video on... Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we'll, we'll 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 Do that, that for TJ. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I think that too. I mean, you have... You, like you said, Megan, you have, you know, the police, fire, EMS involved, and then now you have the students involved, which gets parents oh involved. God, I mean, right? that just exploded everything. And then with our volleyball team, we had Julie Burnett on my team. Yes. And every single day before practice, we had, how's Jared doing today? Yep. How's Jared doing today? Yeah. Anything new? Like, no, Julie, I don't, I don't have anything. That was how we started every single volleyball practice. Yep. I agree. And it was just wild to see from, like, yeah, like, wait, I know Jared from work, and, you know, this and that, and then and now it's like, this is in my, every fact of my life, like, that's how loved this guy yes. is. It's, it is, you go home, you go to work, you go to coach, I mean, no matter where you're at, I mean, he's there. Right? He, it is oh my God, Eagle View, because that's where you started, yeah. Park View, yeah. Middle School, that's where my kids were, High School, because all of you were there, uh, Police, Firemen, like... Was that loud? That's very loud. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I 
I get so excited because when I moved here 25 years ago, it's not just, oh, it's me. It is a community. Like, you people are loved by all the people. Yeah. And we are there it's, for you. And it's just amazing to me that yeah. it wasn't just, oh, it's Parkview and the police department. It spread through the whole community. I think that was the craziest part about it. And that was the part, too, that Jared never expected. I mean, like, we kept in our own little unit. Like, we don't even, we didn't even really talk to our neighbors. We talked to, like, one, like, one, like, our, our next-door neighbors, and that was it. Okay. And he was like, I'm not talking to anybody, because if anything happens, I'm not getting involved. And I'm like, okay. Like, and that's how he was. But right. when it all, like you said, exploded is a perfect word. Um, and I don't think I still understand, like, the magnitude of how, how big it, he it, it it was. I don't. I don't think I. St I still don't understand that. I know how wonderful he was. I was married to him. I never would have. I mean, he's my favorite. He still is my favorite person in the entire world. Um. I I, I understand how amazing he was, but Jared really kept to himself. But I love that there were so many other people that got to see what I saw in him. Like how he really was just freaking awesome. There's like no other words. He was, I, I, yeah, and I love that other people got to see that. Yeah. I do. So, um, after all of the, the, the events and everything, um, yeah. I mean, when, when did things start to start, turn south? Yeah. Um, so I told you like in January, we had the whole neck thing. And that was a big deal, um, which we didn't, we didn't realize that, that right there was probably the beginning of the end. Um, and he was in and out of, in and out of the hospital with, with treatments and, um, things that would pop up like after treatments, you know, fevers or things like that. And. When he first started chemo, I had, um, I got like a little, like a calendar that, um, it was like a little planner that af I, after every treatment, I would write which medicines he had on that treatment day. And then any symptom that he had those days after, like I would, I would document it. Um, because then like if he had the same medicine a few, you know, a few weeks later, if the same things kind of happened, I knew I didn't have to be alarmed. Like that we didn't have to call, that maybe this is what worked for him, this is what didn't, and whatever. But um, once January 19 hit, it was, that's when things really started to get bad and um, his mobility decreased and he was in bed a lot. Um, and then it was, I will never forget, of course, throw another friggin' loophole in the 2020 so now we're in 2020, sorry, January 2020. I'm throw another loophole in it. Um, I was talking to him, it was a leap year, it was February 29th of 2020, I'll never forget it. It was a leap year and I was talking to him and like he gave me this super strange answer and his mom was there and I looked at her and I said, I'm like, does, did that just sound right? She's like, no. So I asked him the same question and he gave me 
a completely different strange answer. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um, so we went to the hospital, um, and we were in the ER and they were doing everything and whatever it was that had traveled up to his neck was putting pressure on his carotid artery. So there was not enough blood getting to his brain, which was causing him to be a little delusional. Um, so instead of putting us on the oncology floor, they put us on the cardiology floor and the cardiologists weren't really sure what to do with an oncology patient. And it just kind of turned into like a cluster. Um, and like in December and January is when he started his, his radiation. Um, like, it, it, I don't God. He was doing well on the chemo. There actually were things coming up, like that things were resolved on the chemo. And then you have to stop chemo when you do radiation. And I, I feel like radiation is when everything kind of blew up and then it was this and that and um February 29th we ended up there and uh he he never came back home um so we were in the with this carotid artery and then th there was one doctor that came in and said something like if if some if this keeps up his carotid could blow and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is happening? And then the cardiologist was the one that was like, has anybody ever mentioned hospice to you? And I was like, what? Like, what is happening right now? Um, I mean, but we, uh, God, I don't know. At that point, I mean, there's so many. At that point, he had already been in ICU when everything happened and they found out that the, that the fluid in his lungs was malignant too so we were draining lungs and he wouldn't let the nurses do he it brought him home. I, I brought him home right but he wouldn't let the nurses do it anymore like I was the only one that could do it so they had to teach me how and then when he went back to the hospital he's like I don't want them touching me mm -hmm. I want you to do it so I'm like okay so I have to ask the nurse okay he's having a hard time breathing right now can I please drain his lungs and they're like yeah you know but like everything everything else like it there were so many there were so many, like, looking back, now I'm getting old. Well, there were so many things. Mm -hmm. So many things. Like, in that night that he was put in ICU. I mean, what a small freaking world, though. Like, so, mouse races. Okay. I know that Drew Panting is the one that, like, heads. Like, he he runs it. He gets the ball rolling. Yes, he is very um, much. And he, so, the first time I ever met him was at mouse races. And then... Go figure, blah, 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 when Jared was put in ICU that one night with the the malignant fluid in his lungs and, and they were draining him in the ICU room and I'm in the hallway and I'm a mess. Come to find out, like, a, a few months later, I don't even know how it came up. I was I was thinking I was talking to Drew one day. And he's like, I don't think that you realized, but I was the pharmacist on duty that night. I was the one that was, like, I think he was the one dosing Jared's medicine in ICU. And I was like... Oh my gosh. He's like, I was going to come and say hi, but I didn't really know. And I was like, that's okay. Because at 11 o'clock PM, after things kind of settled down, I woke up to Zach Hopkins right in my face and all of his teeth were there too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Zach's so like, hi. Oh my God. How are you doing? 
I like felt him breathing over me. And that, <laughs> that was, oh my God, <laughs> that was February 13th when he was put in ICU because I will never forget, Zach was like, he got there at 11 and then we went and we cried in the hallway together and then he came back and like I went back and he's like, what can I do to help you? And I was like, Reagan turns seven tomorrow. I said, and I, I have to do her balloons and I have to do all of her things. Like, I, but he can't be here alone. And he's like, I'll be back. What time do you want me back? I'm like, can you come back at four o'clock in the morning? Sure, shit. There he was smiling again at four o'clock in the morning. That's that. And yeah. he, he sat there while I went and I went home and I did the whole happy birthday thing. And, I, you know, yay, everything's great. Dad's okay. And then... I went back and I was like, how'd it go? He's like, well, they told me things. I don't think they're supposed to tell me, but I think, I think, they, I think they thought I might have been his brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, sad. okay, do I have to worry about anything? He's like, oh, nah, sick. we're good. So, I mean, like, that's how it all turned out. And then, so that was February 13th, and then, yeah, February 29th. And then the world stopped. Well, that was after everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, then he went to hospice and, um, he was, uh, when, it, when he went there, it was, um, it was March 3rd of 2020, and, um, <laughs> so many animals. I, um. Do we have to do this in the middle of a zoo, column? Right! It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um. But yeah, that was March 3rd that he went to hospice, and he was actually fairly lucid, that day, and then after that, it was like, all right, we just need to, they told me, I asked how long, like maybe he would have it, so that was March 3rd, and Leah turned one on March 10th, and all I said to him was like, I'm like, okay, so we have, they're taking you somewhere else, and you know, you're just gonna be comfortable, and it's gonna be, it's going to be okay. You know, after I like pleaded with the doctor, please, like, is there anything else you could do? Please. What do I do about my babies? What do I do about this? Like, um, and all Jared said, God, love him. He looked at the doctor and he's like, so this is it? And the doctor's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to move you to hospice. And Jared looked at me and he's like, well, all I got to do is make it to Tuesday, which was Leah's first birthday. Um, and then he ended up. He ended up uh, passing away on March 8th. So it was like two days before. But that first thing he was there, I called the, like I called Reagan out of school and I made everybody, I made sure that the girls were there. I had them bring the dog. That's when we were at Riley. Big freaking sweetest giant dog. Um, but they let you do that at the hospice place at Evelyn's house. And they were so amazing. But that was the first thing he thought. That was the first thing we said, well, I just got to make it to Tuesday. And I was like, okay, we got it. And then I asked the doctor, I'm like, how long do you think we have? And he said, um, we'd give it a month. And it was, it was six days. Yeah, it was, um, but again, everybody was there. Like I went and I told Jerry Paul that day that he was being moved and he's like, what time can I be there? And he was there and then, you guys all showed up and it was like, I don't remember a lot of those days, but I remember like faces just in and out. It's like a big blur. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I was, 
Yeah, we were there. We were we were there. And like that first day, he was pretty lucid, like I said, and um, he, he did not like the catheter that they put in there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will never forget. Like I said, he was pretty lucid, but he was still like, eh. um, when they put that thing in, forgive me. All he, all he said was, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like. <laughs> I kind of laughed at him, but he was like, oh my God. But then the girls got there that next day and it was good. Um, and he's still, the last time I saw him smile is when he saw Reagan. That was the last time I saw him. Like a, a big Jared smile was, and I tell her that all the time. Like, I hope you know that you were the last one yeah. to make your dad smile like that because after that, it was like, I think he, he saw his girls. He knew I wasn't leaving his side. And like, that was, um, I think that was his closure. I think that was his closure. But he still hung on a few more days. Cause I, I think he knew I wasn't ready to let him, to let him go yet. But then, um, but what? But when he went, who came? Oh, they did. I mean, yeah. I, even the day, the day, that's the day my favorite of it. Story. Oh my God, I will never forget that. Is that they like brought I said, him there's home. never. That's the thing. They too. brought him home. You yes, brought him you guys home. Did. Yeah, but that was the other thing, though, too. That um, you brought him home. That day was a friggin' whirlwind. There were so many people, and then it was like that night. It's probably about. God. It wasn't even eight o'clock yet. It was just about eight o'clock. And my favorite nurse, Martha, walked in and she was like, have you eaten today? And I was like, no. She's like, you need to eat. And I, I basically, I hadn't eaten in a month, pretty much. Um, she said, you need to eat. And I was like, I know, I'm on DoorDash right now. <laughs> I got it. And as I was doing that order is when his breathing totally changed and it was just him and I in the room but after everybody left that day like I I gave him a kiss and I you know I told him like today was a long day and you're so tired like if you if you need to go I get it like don't stay for me anymore just go um and it was within like 10 or 15 minutes I was ordering a burrito, because I was like, I'm going to get some food, and it's going to be great. And in that moment, um, I heard his breathing change, and he was, like, gasping. And I will never forget that. I will never forget it, and I just called. All I, I yelled, like I screamed for help. They couldn't do anything. Um, I had to sign a DNR when we got there, which is the hardest freaking thing to do for your favorite person ever, is to sign a DNR twice. Super. Um, and the nurse came in and I was like, please don't tell me, please, like, not now, please. Um, and it was his time. And it was okay. It was not okay. I'm lying. It was not okay. Um, but then she, I knew that Jerry Paul had called me earlier and said that you guys were the ones that wanted to bring him home. That, um, they, please don't call another ambulance service. Please don't do anything else. Then you guys were the ones that were going to come and get him. Um, so 
The nurse asked me, she's like, when would you like them to come? And he passed away at 8.05 p.m. And I said, please don't let them come until like 10, please. And I just laid, I laid in the bed with him for two hours. Like, I know that probably sounds so creepy and cryptic and so weird, but when you know that's the last time you're ever gonna be able to do that, um, like it, it wasn't scary. It was, it was okay. And then I helped, you know, with the preparation to get him ready for the ambulance. I will never, like I said, those days are a freaking blur. But I will never forget Josh and Michael Barnett and Zach and Drew Crump walking in in uniform. And the four of them just stood at the door, and all their hands were behind their backs. And I knew that they were friggin' broken, too. They walk into me laying in a bed with Jared, and they are all standing there. And they're trying so hard, and they, I, I can see it. And then the nurse is like, can just like, walk him out? Can we cover him up? And I was like, I get it. It's a little traumatic for everybody else here. That's fine. And we went to the ambulance, and Josh and... Drew Crump were in the back of the ambulance with me. Um, I think I laid on him the whole time then, too. Like, But I didn't realize, again, after the fact, I found out that there was a whole procession and that there were lights down the highway, and I never saw that, and I never knew any of that until, like, a few days later. My mom was like, did you see any of those lights? I'm like, what lights? I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, Megan, it was, they lined the highway and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then at the fire, it has the fire department, sorry. At the funeral home, there were so many people there. I couldn't, I don't even know. You were, I mean, because you were with me. I don't mean, I don't know if either one of you, I like, I have no idea. It's all such a blur. And all I remember is that I kind of like lost like the feeling in my legs and I kind of like dropped a little bit and, um, but Conrad came up and he, you know, was making sure that I was okay. And even that, like, I'm, every single freaking minute, you guys had covered. And I, like, didn't even know half of it. Because that's just what you do. Like, I don't know. We are... That dummy moved us here for a good reason. <laughs> and... <God> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, um, there, there is a reason that all of this, there's the reason that all of this happened the way that it did, that we are here, that I'm here in your kitchen, that we have another vacation planned in June, like, there's a reason for all of this nonsense, um, absolutely you are, yes, Jared, Jared, Jared might be shaking his head, he might be laughing, I don't even know, but, yeah. Then there were services, and you guys all freaking came through again. So e even you know after Jared's passing, yeah. Um, you know, the outpour of help that we see on a daily basis. From, it's crazy. I mean, anytime you want to do anything, you know, here comes Kelly Landgraf oh, walking into a bar with your daughters as they, you know, the oh, other yeah, night, that Friday was last night. Week. Yeah. Right. I mean. You know, 
you have so there's like you Jack, Charlie, Emily, Steckler, like there's Sam Aaron Donald, I mean, like who added to crazy? Yeah, and that's the that's a thing. Karen like, Dent, Joe Dent. Yeah, like I went I went home, you know, where I grew up, home for my cousin's wedding last weekend, and I was not expecting anything, but um, on the program when I turned it over, it was like in memory of. This was. <laughs> this is also Jesus. the first wedding since since my grandparents have passed. But I mean, you know, like in memory of blah blah blah. And in there, they included Jared. And then in during the ceremony, his name was mentioned. Like, and that was amazing. But of course, I'm not expecting it. Right. And then I lose my shit in the middle of the wedding ceremony. But I can't get out because I can't leave my cousin get married. And then when I walked in to the reception, I wasn't expecting it. On the top of the piano, they had like pictures of everybody in sure shit. I turn around, there's a picture of Jared in his uniform. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, and I, I did, I lost my shit for a while. Um, but then, you know, one of, one of my family members was like, aren't you, when are you coming home? Aren't you coming home? Like, look, like this is, like, look at everything. And I'm like, no, I am not. My home, that is my home. That is my home. That's, that's where Jared is. Yes, in all of, all of the terms, all of the ways. Um, but that's where my girls know him. And every time we drive past the fire department and they see that 82, you know, Reagan, I'll blow kiss, I'll blow kiss. Leah's like, Mom, that's my daddy over there. <laughs> and I'm like, you are so right. Um... But he's here, and you guys have always kept him alive. Like, you've always kept him around and alive, and oh my God, I am so, so, so grateful. Jared was the best man you could ever, I, he was the, the perfect epitome of a, like a, of a good man. Um, he loved us endlessly. He, he was strong. He had, his favorite word, integrity, was like, you know, that, that was his biggest thing. But the best part about it is that my girls and me, um, I love that we are surrounded by good people, but especially good, good men that show up and... And if there's anything that we need, like, you guys. Well, like, one of the things, the things. That, that I find amazing is the first day of school every year. Oh, oh my favorite thing I look for every year on Facebook. Absolutely. Oh, every single time it, it gets me. Just uh, some of the police That's officers. My, yeah, they always yeah. show up at the house. Always. Do you know what? Birthdays, parades. Oh, God, that was COVID. Oh, God, yeah. Seriously. Um, seriously, fuck. How many toys does a kid need? I don't really? think you should talk about it. Because <laughs> every time you came to babysit to help me out, she's like, I think they need some And toys. Jared would be like, Jenny, stop it. I was like, stop what? Yeah. <laughs> it was that walk to school. I mean, it, you know, yes. explain. All, what of the, all of the adults yes. yeah, so, those babies. Yeah, so the first day of school, and actually this year, I wasn't just the way the summer was. Like, it was crazy. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen this year. And it's usually Tara Barnett that sets it all up. And I sent her a message. I'm like, I'm not looking for it. If it's if it's kind of run its course, I, 
I totally get it. I said, but if we are going to have a visit from the police officers, um, I just need to know like timing wise for the morning. I said, so if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you guys have been amazing right. and it's okay. Sure shit. <laughs> There's squad after squad after squad in the morning and they come and they just, you know, send the girls off on a good note, um, for the school year. And, um, you know, we take their picture and, and everything, but this year we had Reagan's locker move in the night before. And as we're walking out, she's like, mom, the police officers coming in the morning. And I was like, actually, Riggs, I, I don't know. Like I, I think they might be, but if they don't, it's okay. They've, they've really, really helped us a lot. And they've sent us off on a lot of good first days of school. And she was like, okay. And we woke up in the morning and, um, and everybody showed up and as we were getting in the car, she's like, now it's complete. She's like, now I'm so happy. Now it's complete because they came and, um, she's like, and I, like, I know that dad, I know that dad would have been there too. And I was like, well, he probably was in some form, but. But will she want us to show up? At homecoming and prom. Yes. Right. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She might not want you to, but, <laughs> but you're gonna. We will. <laughs> you're gonna be retired by then. I'm gonna have to call yeah, you yeah. home from Florida. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Josh. We'll have to make sure we get that on the calendar. We got it. Oh, I think yeah. that's the one I look forward to. As somebody guy, some guy comes up and like, Miss Reddick, can I can I take your daughter to prom? I'm like, you gotta ask these ten guys behind me. Don't ask. You know. I'm sorry, I need to make a phone call. You need to go through this yep. line of people. Josh, run his record, um, will you please? <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, I... I don't know. I'm amazed by it every, every single day. And I think... I don't know. I think that... That Jared... Um... I don't know. God. I mean, I just... I feel he's like proud, he's... Baby. I don't know if he's, he's proud. Oh my god! But I know that he's. I know that he, he's peaceful, knowing yes. that we are where we are. I don't know if he's proud. I mean, I have, <laughs> stop it. That's a stop. tough you are job. The best mom but in the world. It's, stop um, it. But you guys have made it. All of you. Everybody. Has there's made there's it. been so much good come since then. And, and that's the thing. It's a terrible situation. And yes. do I wish every single day that my life was different? Yes. Would I give everything back in a heartbeat to have him back? Absolutely. But if you have to go through that shitty situation and you still get to end up where we're at with so many friends and so much love and so much support, like, how... I don't, I don't know. All of the love that Jared had for me, it just comes in different ways now. I feel yeah. like, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I it mean, does. we crammed a lot of love in the 13 years. A lot. No a lot of to love. Mimi, but I'm real glad you didn't go back to Chicago. No, I wasn't. I'm not going. No. And we had dreams like, to build a house. Like we had dreams to get yeah. land and build a house and yeah. and everything. And like now, oh dear. Um, <laughs> Like now this house, you know, this house that he bought us, yeah. um, it, like I've made the changes to that house that we would have loved. Like, I don't need anything bigger. I don't need anything smaller. I love our house. 
But like, if you have to go through that kind of shit and be broken for a long time, I mean, there's a part of me and my girls that is gone forever. And I know that you guys too, I mean, all of you, I know that that took a, I know that that took a huge piece away from everybody, but I really, really wish that everybody was as lucky as I am to get all of you people and to be here. Like Dustin was saying, like on his, you know, like there are a lot of people that came back all messed up, but he felt so lucky that he was able like to just kind of truck through it and, and give back. Like that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, every day hurts. Every day sucks. There were so many days. I mean, a couple days ago, like I something happened with Leah, and I went to go like pick up the phone and be like, "Can you freaking imagine this, damn kid?" And I went to go text Jared because he's still the first number in my phone. Like his shoes are where they left him in the house. The last uniform he folded before he never went back to work. It's still in the same spot. Like it's a, it's crazy the little things, but it's amazing. I don't know. It's amazing just what people can do. It's it's crazy. I love it. Like yeah. I'm so we are so grateful. We're so humbled. But I can interrupt. Again, go Please. for it. I am this is what I do, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh Megan didn't strike gold once. Yeah, she strike gold twice. I did. So Maggie sent me a picture last weekend of Chicago on Friday night. She was at her cousin's wedding, and she was with Ben. Yeah. It was great. Um, I said it was great. I understand, but how lucky is it that you have it is. Ben in your life? It's I mean, like... It's great. It's great. You know, Jared was your person. And I know he was your favorite person. person. He still is. And I get that. But Ben is like. But there have been so also many your favorite person. Yeah. Like I don't understand how there you were lucky so enough there's been to so get many. two. <laughs> because most people are unlucky and never find zero. Yeah. So I think mean, if there ben are a lot of credit, great. Yes. I mean, there are a lot of great things. You guys don't understand this. That have ben come in our life. Will dress up as princesses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's keep the personal life out. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. You're right. You're right. See, right. James no, to me. That I mean, sounded weird. I, 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 I've, I've been around Ben, and I can't imagine how strong he must be to follow in Jared's shoes. And to know. Right. You know what I mean? To you, you know. And he's there. And, and he's, he's great there. with your girls. And he, and and he, he, and he stands back. And he right. lets you talk about whatever you need Correct. to talk about. That's the best. That, yeah. that is, that's that a, is, a great... It, yes, it, it is. Like I said, you, there are so many yes. good things that have come out of the situation. Yes. Was it super hard to kind of even acknowledge the fact that there could be anybody else in my life? Absolutely. Is Jared still the first person in my life all the time? Absolutely. Jared and I didn't part on bad terms. It's not like it was like right. a like divorce, like we hate right. each other. And you know what? There are some days I'm like, God, life would be so much easier if that's what it was. But to still have a complete hole <laughs> on one side, I know that a huge piece of you is missing, but to still have somebody that like acknowledges the fact that, hey, you are a freaking basket case. 
and your children might be too. <laughs> but that also, you know, just, um, he's not scared of it. And that was a, a good thing for a long time. That was like, I'm just going to want to do this. Like, right. It's just, but I'm glad that you guys, and I know that we had that conversation yes. one night at the bar. I mean, yes. it was probably one of the first times I yes. really like talked to you. Right. Yeah. And and he showed up, and I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Everybody's here, and right. I don't want anybody to talk because I don't like when people talk. It's but not Josh, okay. did we accept Ben? Yes. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. God. I'll, I'll never forget that night because you came I to was us like, and I, and you were like, is it okay? Is I'm like, it right. Okay? I was like, he was, right. she was so worried. Are you yeah. guys okay with it? Because I don't want it to think, I, but that's the thing. It is not a discredit to Jared. Absolutely. I, like, I don't want anybody to think that, like, I love him any less, that I love Jared any less. Of course not. It, but it took me a while to realize, though, that, like, I, like, I was too young. I'm too young to be alone. It's okay to love And I hate else. that. Um, like I said, I would give everything back to have Jared. Would I live this whole life again if that meant that I had those years with Jared again? 1,000%. I would do it. Even if it had the same ending. I would absolutely do it. Because I would relive every minute with Jared that I had. Like, in a heartbeat. God, in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. I, um, I think, Megan, that you were just such a loving person. That you have so much love to give. No matter who it's for. I mean, you... <laughs> It, I mean, I, I mean, it's just there's just so much love to give that you have to outpour it to these other people. Yeah. I think that's I all it is, and I think it's. But you give what you receive, so like. Absolutely. That's, like. Absolutely. That's the thing. Like I feel like sometimes you know when all the charities and all the fun things come up, and I'm like, ooh, let's do it, let's go, and let's give all <laughs> of the dollars, and it will yeah. be great. But it's because that's how it came in, for us, and like there's some days like I, I swear I can hear him where he's like, all right. Megan, you can't do everything, you know, like, and I hear him, like, I, Josh, right? Can you not hear it? Like, yes. all right, slow down. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm sure he's laughing and like, hey, we received everything plus all of, I don't know, all of the people, all of the love, all of the family, all of everything. Like, you yeah. guys are family and that's, that's a big thing. It's a big yeah. thing. So yeah. you stay in Columbia, friend. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Now you're screwed because you're stuck with me. Don't you say that? Jenny's got you locked down. Yeah. You might want to say it. guess that. And you, you mentioned that, Megan. I'm pretty sure I remember. It's not just Jenny. Oh, no. There's oh, a lot of us here that are keeping she's, it. She's messed with all of us. She's stuck with all of us. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Um, but I remember the last mouse that we did, mouse race that we did, that oh. very first meeting, you came in there and you're like, all right. What do I need to do? How much can I do? Where can I do it? I mean, you were just gung-ho right off the bat. And you know what? Like, that was that was a huge thing, too. Like, um, I hated the situation that there had to be another mouse race, that we did another mouse race. I'm so happy that their outcome was different than ours, and, and I love that. I love that. But, like I said, the first time I had met, first time I met Pansing was at mouse races. And then, a couple years later, when I was... You know, they said, Mike called me, good old chief, called me, and he's like, hey, would you consider being on the mouse race committee? I'm like, uh, yeah. But when I walked in, I mean, I like I said, yeah, I was ready to go, but I was like taking it all in, and to be on that other side, 
to see everything that all of you guys put in was, oh my God, like it, it was so humbling like to be like, they did all of that for us. Like who the hell are we? They did all of that for us. And you're you we just, but that's what we do. The, but that's what the red said. Like we wake up, we were happy. We go to work, we come home, we try to do good things. And then like we go to bed and we do it all again. There was, to see it from that side, and I've said a, I've said a thousand times, I'm like, whenever there's another one, please, please let me be a part of it, because it, it's like the, the pay it forward. Like, that's how, that's just how we were. Like, you just want to, I want to be able to give some of it back. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know how to give it back to the people that, you I mean, you guys really did. Like, you saved, you 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 saved us like it was ama it was amazing everything from point A to point B you guys have been incredible I love I love this town I love this place and I know I was a transplant quote unquote at first because I'm from Chicago first one of the first questions Jared asked me was like are you a Cubs fan I'm like no he's like this might be able to work I'm like okay <laughs> okay um, but I know I'm not born and raised here, but my babies are, and this is, this is my favorite place. I, I love it here. I never in a million years thought I would. Yeah. But all we you, love you here. All you dummies, just keep Oops, me here. Raise my babies, and now my yeah. babies raise you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> how it works. Yeah, but you guys are great. Yeah. Megan, we appreciate you coming on here and you telling your story and leaving everything out on the table. I mean, cannot ask for more. I mean, you are such a strong woman. You raised two incredible girls. One, God bless you for your patience. We love <laughs> Leah to death. And if anybody knows Leah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm if you don't, really oh happy boy. that I know the people that I know with that one. Because yeah. good Lord. <laughs> She's always good for a good story. She really is. Absolutely. Thank you for... Even wanting to hear all in, just oh my god, yeah. I think a lot of people want to I hear love the story. This place. And I, I didn't know you before the mouse races. I knew Jared, kind of in passing through work, and that was about it. But just from talking from you and talking about your love story, I mean, if that is not somebody's standard, then you're doing something wrong. I mean, <laughs> the Megan Jared love story standard that is the new standard for everybody, and everybody better keep that. And I hope this podcast gives everybody that idea and I also appreciate Jenny and Josh you guys coming on here and you guys giving your input I mean this was an absolute incredible story and I cannot thank all three of you enough thank you yep. thanks for you know just loving Jared too <laughs> we'll see you next week everybody I look real good today. 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 Jumping out the motherfucking Bentley. Rolling in a gas and new Balenci's. Walking with a pocket full of Benjis. I'm a 10 piece. I look